Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the scriptures. Jesus himself said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s and it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962 and began speaking these life study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now, let's join today's program. There is a certain fascination with angels in this present age, and the Bible certainly confirms that angels and the angelic realm exist. But the Bible also confirms that man occupies an even higher place in God's eternal plan. Are you surprised? Don't be. We'll see that and much more in today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. The classic ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee began in China more than 75 years ago, but its depth and freshness continues today in this monumental life study of Hebrews. We have recorded excerpts of Witness Lee from 1975 today, and Gary Kaiser is here to be a part of the discussion. Gary, we have another very profound message before us, don't we? We really do, Matt. I'm exceptionally... uh impressed with this book of Hebrews. And in fact, I was in the life study of the book of Hebrews when it was given as a training. I can tell you that it was literally life-changing for me. Just a simple matter of our relationship to the angels is so important for us in order that we would realize the place that man has in God's eternal plan. Gary, as I think our listeners know, ours is not a topical study of the Bible. We are really going book by book, and it just happens that today the subject matter does line up with a topic that is currently very much of interest to a lot of people, Christians and non-Christians alike. So I believe our listeners will be very interested to stay tuned because we're going to see angels from the Bible. Let's join Witness Lee. We all have to fully realize that our wonderful Jesus has two natures, the divine and the human. He has the divinity and he has the humanity. He is God and he is man. As God, he is the son of God. As man, he is the Son of Man. Two chapters. Chapter 1 of Hebrews is on his divinity, and chapter 2 on his humanity. Whether he is divine or he is human, both are superior to angels. Of course, we can realize that God is altogether superior to the angels, 
But for us, it is hard to realize that man can be superior to angels. I'm afraid many of you still hold that you are inferior to the angels. Suppose now one angel appears to you, you would worship him. Because in your subconsciousness, angel is bigger than you. But you are short of vision. You need to see chapter 2 of Hebrews. We, the human beings, as the heirs of salvation, are much superior to the angels. We are their masters. We are the partners of Christ, and they are the servants of all the heirs of salvation. Hallelujah. We are the house of God, and our Christ is the heavenly ladder, joining us to God and brings God to us, while the angels are just the ministering spirit, ascending and descending, rendering their service to us. The writer of this book is marvelous. Verse 5 says what? For he did not subject to angels the coming inhabited earth. For, we all know, is a word indicating something has been going on already, right? What has been going on already? The warning. The warning. You shouldn't neglect so great a salvation. If you do, you will receive a just recompense. And what will be the just recompense? If you neglect so great a salvation, careful. Try your best to understand me. You will not be lost. You got saved and saved forever. We do have the eternal security. But this doesn't mean you will have no problem. According to this portion of the word, you will miss something. The coming inhabited earth. If you know the whole Bible, you will see the coming inhabited earth will be this earth in the coming age, with God's kingdom. Psalm 2 verse 8 says, God has given all the nations to Christ. Then Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 says, one day will come where the kingdoms of this earth will become the kingdom of Christ. Amen. Then, by that time, the earth will be the Lord's kingdom. That is what is mentioned here, the coming inhabited earth. So, the inhabited earth in the coming age is not subjected to the angels. God ordained man to rule over the earth in the coming age. 
So based upon this fact, the writer shows us that man is superior to the angels. Gary, this was a substantial portion, and it went into detail to convince us that not only Christ is superior to the angels, but man in general occupies a higher position in God's purpose than the angels. Gary, you may need to do a little more convincing, I think, on this one. Well, one of the uh, things that's quite impactful here is Hebrews 2.5 that Brother Lee mentioned. For it was not to the angels that he subjected the coming inhabited earth concerning which we speak, but one has solemnly testified somewhere saying, what is man that you bring him to mind? So here is a critical comparison. It's not to the angels. It is to man. And the point here is that Christ is superior to the angels, not only as God, but as man. The Bible tells us clearly that as God, he emptied himself and humbled himself and became one of the creatures that he had brought forth in creation. A marvelous matter here. And because of that, there is the question, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That is to say, God has a purpose. That purpose is directly related to man. When Christ emptied himself, he entered into humanity and lived as a man on this earth. He died as a man. He resurrected as a man. And he will be coming again as a man. The kingdoms of the earth will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. This is mainly based on his humanity. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus will become the king with his kingdom on this earth as a man. So it's important for us to open our being up to realize that God's salvation is directly related to man, and man is his vehicle, his vessel, to carry out his purpose on this earth. Gary, let's go back to Witness Lee for more of our life study from the book of Hebrews. In eternity, from the very beginning, in God's economy, God determined to have man ruling over the earth. Now, I must call your attention. You have to put these three chapters together. Genesis 1, Psalm 8, and Hebrew 2. All these three chapters refer to one main point that God has ordained man to rule over his created earth. Why? Because God needs a dominion. God needs 
a realm, a sphere to exercise his authority. Without such a dominion, for God to exercise His authority, it'd be hard for Him to exercise His glory. Suppose God will have no authority over this earth. Uh, how could God come here to exercise His glory? So, if you remember the ending of the Lord's prayer, for thine is the kingdom. And the power and the glory. You have the kingdom, then you have the power. Then you could exercise your glory. If you don't have the kingdom, how could you exercise your power? Then how could you exercise your glory? Now we must see God's purpose is constant. God's purpose is eternal. His purpose is just. To have man exercising his authority, to have a dominion on this earth as a sphere for him to exercise his glory. Now, regarding man, you have three stages: the stage of creation, the stage of Prophecy and the stage of fulfillment. Firstly, in creation, God ordained man to express Him with His image and to represent God with His dominion. But sorry, man have failed God. Man didn't express God, and man didn't represent God. Man got poisoned, man got fallen. So the first man fell God. But hallelujah! I tell you, through so many books, when you come to Psalm eight, here is a psalmist. Look at the heavens. He saw the moon. He got inspired. He said, "What is man?" You need to be so mindful about him. So the psalmist, under the inspiration, repeated or recovered what was lost in Adam. Psalm eight is a recovery of the lost ordination revealed in Genesis one. Surely now the man mentioned prophesied in Psalm eight is no more Adam. Adam was thrown, but who? Just with Psalm eight, it's hard for us to know who is the man that is prophesied in Psalm eight. Until you come to Hebrew two,、yeah. now you understand. Oh, that man. Prophesied in Psalm eight is the little man Jesus. Gary, we we all have to say Hallelujah. The second man succeeded where the first man failed. We were encouraged to connect these three passages of Scripture: Genesis one, Psalm eight, and Hebrews two. What is the common thread 
that runs through these three passages, Gary? Well, Matt, it's really crucial for us to realize that from the very beginning, God determined that man will exercise the authority of God over the earth in order to establish God's dominion over all. God needs a dominion, a realm, a sphere for him to express his glory. And we're reminded that the Lord's Prayer ends with the words, Thine is the kingdom and the power or the authority and the glory. The kingdom is for the power or the authority, and that authority is for the glory. So man is clearly shown in the the three passages you mentioned to be the center of God's intention to establish his authority. In the three stages of man, beginning with Adam and then going on to Christ, we see that man in God's image for God's expression and God's representation on the earth is the critical factor. The stage of creation, God created man in his image and he gave him authority over all the creatures, over all things in the earth. Then there's the stage of prophecy in Psalm chapter 8. Here, the man is prophesied, and that man is Jesus, as is confirmed in the fulfillment passage of Hebrews 2. In Hebrews 2, it tells us that, again, what the psalmist had mentioned in Psalm 8, that we see a man under whom all things have been placed. But actually, in Hebrews 2, we are told that we don't yet see everything under his feet, but we see Jesus, praise the Lord, who was made a little lower than the angels, but was crowned with glory and honor. He was made lower than the angels for death, but he was crowned with glory and honor for the carrying out of God's purpose. We have to glory in the fact that it was a man who died on that cross, and it was a man who was resurrected. He could only die because he was a man. He resurrected as a man, and he will come again as a man. Praise the Lord. Thanks, Gary. This is uh, really more than marvelous. We're going to look at glory and honor in this coming segment. Let's join Witness Lee. Hallelujah for the second man. The second man came, and the second man is fully revealed to us in Hebrew chapter 2. I tell you, Hebrew chapter 2 is higher than Romans 8. The only thing that is so sad is that few Christians would pay attention to Hebrew 2. Now, we must see this second man, a little man, a little inferior to angels, a little, not too much. But he has been crowned with glory and honor, being set over the word of God 
and all things being subjected to Him. It is so clear this is a recovery of what is mentioned in Genesis one, which has been lost. This man, Jesus, was made a little inferior to the angels. He was made a little inferior because of the suffering of death. Listen to this. According to the physical makeup, man is inferior to angels. The makeup of the angel is a little superior. Now Jesus came to be a man, and this man, in his physical make, is inferior to the angels. Why? He was made a man because of one thing: he has to suffer death. Without this physical body, Jesus has no way to die for our sins. He has no way to suffer death for us. This was the only reason that he was made little inferior. To the angels, but after he died, he was resurrected, and we all know the Bible here tells us after his resurrection, in his ascension, in the heavens he was crowned with glory and honor. Listen to this. When you come to this point, you have to forget about that the Lord Jesus was the Son of God. At this point, He is the Son of Man. Amen. He is a man. He is both. He is both God. He is both man. But at this point in Hebrew two, He is man. When you get on. Hebrew one, you have to pay your full attention to his divinity. When you come to Hebrew two, you have to pay yourself fully to his humanity.、Amen. Do you know he was the little Nazarene? He was the little man born in a manger, raised up in Galilee, and growing up in that poor home in Nazareth. With no beauty, he was such a man. But I tell you, after his death and resurrection, in his ascension, he was crowned with the divine glory and the divine honor. He was crowned with glory and honor to be something. To be what? To be the Lord. And Christ, he was the Lord, but he became a man. Surely, man is not the Lord. But now, in his ascension, this man was crowned to be the Lord. A man in heaven was crowned to be the Lord. This is not a small thing. With his divinity, he was the Lord already. But now 
in his humanity, as a man, a little man, even inferior to the angels, he was crowned to be the Lord of all. Gary, I thought that this was a very good clarification of our dilemma concerning angels. According to our physical makeup, man is a little lower than the angels, and even Christ was made lower than the angels as a man. But in purpose, man certainly is higher, and even the angels are our servants. Let me ask you a question regarding this final point, that it was as a man that Christ was crowned with glory and honor, even as Lord of all. This is a bit hard for us to grasp, isn't it, Gary? Yes, I believe we really have to exercise our faith to look at what the Scripture says. Scripture points clearly to the fact that this little man, Jesus, is now crowned with glory and honor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord that there is a man in the glory. There's a man who is seated at the right hand of God on his throne. There's a man who is the leader and ruler, the leader and the savior. There's a man who is Lord and Christ. There's a man who is the one carrying out the purpose of God in the whole universe. And this man now is leading many more into glory. He is carrying out God's purpose now from the heavens. Matt, it's essential for us to realize that our Savior God is a man who died, rose again, ascended, and was crowned with glory and honor to be the one who is heading up all things in this universe. Gary, this is a marvelous word and a marvelous life study today. I'd like to remind our listeners that they can call us at our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. We can give you all kinds of information on how to get more materials from our vast resource here. Thank you for joining us today. This is Matt Miller on behalf of Gary Kaiser. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety, 
or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.